episode 22 we're on location again uncle robert <laughs> yes we are we're at uh, mike family and and nana gracie's house here in scranton uh we came up here for a uh help them uh, decorate the tree little tree trimming tree trimming yeah, got ready for christmas fun. Christmas is in the air. Beautiful tree. Great job, Gina. Probably the best tree you've ever had, Nana. Absolutely. It is gorgeous. <laughs> gorgeous tree. Very happy with it. Thank you. You're, you're welcome. You're we had welcome. a good time. You come back next year and do next year's tree? Absolutely. We're going to have to come back and take it down, too. Yeah, we'll help That's you take true. it down. That's true. That so let's... Let's talk about uh, this past weekend. We had a, a, a nice uh, event at Midnight Kennel. <clears throat> we hosted a uh, game cocktail party, a game dinner, so to speak. We had uh, several really uh, delicious appetizers, at least I thought they were delicious. And uh, a lot of our good friends that hunted with us um, showed up and, and had a really good time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Very what, good. What was your favorite dish? I I have it tied for two. Yeah. I liked I really liked the woodcock and the pheasant you grilled. Yeah, that ties. And then I really liked the smoked was it smoked partridge? Smoked pheasant. It was pheasant. Yeah, that was really really good. Yeah, our good friend um, Eldon Neifert mm. uh, from Quake Ake, um, <clears throat> he helped us by shooting a lot of pheasants years ago. Uh, that's that's a story in itself, but um, oh. he he uh, he and his uh, fiance uh, Melissa um, started smoking. They got a smoker and they're doing a great job with it. And we gave them some pheasants and they turned out excellent. Uh, my favorite uh, were the woodcock legs. Now uh, they were very easy uh, to make and and I think they're delicious. A lot a lot of times. If, uh, you're in a hurry. A lot of people might not save the legs from the woodcock, just breast them out. But I think it's worth the effort. Um, and they're so cute. They're <laughs> like lollipops. Woodcock lollipops. But yeah. uh, what I do is I just dredge them in a little bit of um, flour and then uh, saute them in a pan with um, a mixture of olive oil and butter uh, and garlic. Um, some fresh herbs. I like to use thyme. Mm -hmm. um, and then... Uh, you know, before you finish it off, well, obviously salt and pepper. Before you finish it off, a little squeeze of lemon juice, and they're, they're just delicious. Um, they're white meat, and they're they're very tasty. They really remind me of frog legs. Um, yeah, they look like them too. They look like them, but the, but that's the kind of flavor that they have. Um, I think the big hit though got a lot of compliments from the people there. Uh, surprisingly, was the uh, woodcock pate. So the pate. Um, Simple recipe, and I think it's a great way to um, to to use the woodcock. Um, a lot of times, I'll just I'll breast the birds off. Uh, sometimes I'll save like the heart um, from the birds. I use that in the pate too. Um, but anyway, uh, I just uh, brown them in uh, butter in a pan um, with onion. I use a lot of onion. Uh, sometimes I'll put something sweet in there, like uh, an apple or a pear. Mm. Um, yeah, something like that. I'll, I'll put that in there. Uh, rosemary and thyme and just salt, pepper, and a little bit of garlic, and just let that cook down. Once everything's cooked and soft, it goes right into the food processor. Yeah. And then um, you add, like a, depending on how much you're making, like maybe a stick of butter, um, and that's going to 
emulsify everything and make it into like a, a paste or, or a, a pate, a spreadable, uh, mm. right. And uh, it really simple serve, I, I like to chill it, but then serve it at room temperature. So, you know, obviously it comes out of food processor, it's hot, put it in the fridge, let it cool off, then bring it out and let it come up to room temperature um, and uh, just serve it with crackers. Uh, it, it was very good. Every time you make it, um, it's usually a hit at any party. So um, that was really good. I thought it tasted like roast beef. Yeah, it, it, it definitely, and a lot of people, I've been getting a lot of comments on uh, Facebook about, you know, Woodcock, oh, I don't, I don't shoot them because I don't eat them, or, you know, I shoot them and give them away because I don't like the taste, it tastes like liver, but it's oh. it's all in the way you, you, you cook them. Mm -hmm. um, it, and another great way to uh, serve them and has no liver taste at all <clears throat> is uh, I take the breast. I marinate them in Italian dressing for about 20 minutes, half hour, whatever, not long, and just throw them right on a hot charcoal grill and uh, sear them on both sides, still, still a little bit rare in the middle. Um, there's no liver taste. In fact, it tastes like a very good piece of uh, uh, filet to me. Um, I love that charcoal taste with the, with the um, Italian dressing marinade. So that's, a, that's another great way to eat them. I, I really, really like uh, the flavor of woodcock. I don't find it livery. It, it can be <clears throat> if you cook it a certain way. Um, if you cook really slow with it and cook it all the way through, it, it, it could have a livery taste in it. But then again, I like liver and onions, so that's not a problem for me. But if you don't like that taste, I think you should try the, the charcoal grill. Um, I, I, that's great. Now with the pheasant breast on the charcoal grill, what I do with those, you really like them. And mm -hmm. a, a couple people said they were fantastic. I'll, I'll breast the pheasant and I'll marinate them in your favorite barbecue sauce. Um, I like, like that uh, Sweet Baby Ray's. Yeah, that's my favorite. Yeah, so I'll just put a whole uh, bottle in a, in a tray, put the breasts in there, and let them marinate for about an hour or so, and then just throw them right from that on the grill. I don't baste them or anything. And uh, it, it keeps them, it kind of makes like a, a glaze on the outside. Like crispy, a crusty. A crusty glaze, yep. And the inside stays nice and moist. And you get that good flavor from the, the barbecue. And yet you still um, get that uh, nice pheasant taste, which is a, a really good taste. Um, obviously, it's like a, like a fowl, but um, it's got a little bit of a gamey taste, but not overwhelming. So... Um, that I like to do the pheasants that way. Uh, we also did, uh, uh, your uh, cousin Michael made a delicious um, dish with some pheasant and some Hungarian partridge uh, in a mushroom cream sauce that he made from scratch. Uh, that was really good. That was delicious. Um, yeah, probably would have been better with wild mushrooms, but unfortunately we didn't have any, so <laughs> we just used, uh, you know, regular store-bought store um portobello mushrooms which was very good too um, so there's some of the dishes we had and how we prepared them um, we had a lot of good bourbons uh, flowing and we had a really good time another uh, really good uh, game recipe um, I, I'd like to share or talk about anyway um, we we had some uh, venison uh, Stanley Temprovich um, has a a deer processing 
uh, business. Uh, he's the landowner that I train the dogs uh, on his property. And uh, we got a beautiful eight point buck out behind the kennel and took wow. it there. Yeah, first day. And I uh, took it there and he, uh, we ha had him um, process the deer and we got, he makes the best um, hot Italian sausage out of venison. And uh, what I did with it the first time, I made a very good chili with it. Oh. Um, instead of using ground meat, I used the, the, um, the sausage, and that turned out great. So, um, been eating a lot of uh, game here the last couple of weeks with the hunting season, but uh, now things are winding down. We're getting closer to the holidays. So enough about food, although we did have a very nice meal here at Nana's. Um, we, I love, uh, she's up here in Scranton and uh, there's a, a sandwich shop, Catalano's, um, make very good hoagies. We had a couple of Catalano hoagies, which were great. Uh, they had uh, cold pizza. A lot of our listeners might not be familiar with that, but here in the coal region. That's right. Yeah, all, all the towns, all the bakeries, um, have what's called cold pizza and it's um, it's already cooked but it's it's boxed and sold and and to be served just cold right out of the box and it's not really like a pizza with a um, a lot of people think about like a round pizza with uh, uh, mozzarella cheese that sort of thing it's more of a um, square a square Sicilian type pizza uh, with sauce and maybe like shredded cheese, not a lot of cheese, maybe Romano cheese <clears throat> on it. So uh, very common in our area and uh, um, like back home in Hazleton, of course there's Snaps Pizza. Mm -hmm. that, that's uh, a staple, but um, up here in Scranton, this Catalano's was very good. So uh, that was great. Um, I did want to talk to you about um, the wrapping up our hunting season I'm excited Gina about uh, we're going to be uh, posting a very um, action-packed uh, YouTube um, video uh, movie short whatever you want to call it uh, that should be coming out here in the next couple of days um, woodcock hunting we had a phenomenal uh, last day of the season woodcock hunting with the millets um, Dr. Peter Millet came in from Colorado and uh, his his dad Jim and uh, Peter's son Jim's grandson James had a great hunt and a lot of birds for the end of the season a lot of incredible uh, dog work and a really good um, we've got some really good uh, footage of it so we're gonna be posting that on YouTube um, should be pretty exciting uh, again hopefully um, Hopefully people out there are enjoying our, our YouTube channel and are liking and subscribing to it. Uh, that would be a lot of help. So if you're out there and you haven't done it yet, please do. I think we're up to 277 277? That's great. You know, we're getting uh, 20 to 30 new uh, subscribers per week. So um, can't complain about that. Um, we'll keep, keep that going. And... Uh, um, and just you know, we're gonna keep throwing it, throwing it out there. Every every episode, we're gonna keep helping people to <laughs> to like our YouTube channel. That's how you grow your channel. Eh, we're trying. All right, good.
I wish we had a drum roll so I could do a <laughs> drum roll and then ask you if you're ready for a midnight kennel question. Well, I think we've talked enough about food and uh, it's time to talk about dogs. So okay. go ahead. Here's your drum roll. Go for it. All right. The first one is from Josh Bomback. I think we answered a question from Josh a few weeks ago. I think we did. We did. Yeah. That name sounds familiar. Yeah. Hi, Josh. Hello, Josh. He says, Hi, Robert. On the podcast, I'd love to hear about how you put a pattern on your field trial dogs. What commands do you use to steer them and bring them closer and send them out? How do you get them to stay on lines? How do you introduce them to singing? Basically, anything like that has to do with handling. Thanks. I'm still really enjoying the show, and I learn something new every week. Wow. That's a great question. And and a you. great compliment. Yeah. Thank you very much for, for listening. And, and that's what we're trying to do, just um, put as much information out there as we can for, for people just starting. I know when we were <clears throat> off air, we were going over this question a little bit, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and... Um, you didn't know what he was talking about when he said singing. No, um, and neither did Nana. And Nana's here, and she didn't know. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about that a little bit. And, and I'm sure you just don't know the term because you've been the field trials. Yeah. And, like, when I'm running the dog and the dog's out there and I'm just, like, kind of yodeling, Yo, you, you've heard me do that, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's called singing. Mm. Um, that's a handler singing to the dog. And what that is is... Um, you're you're keeping contact with the dog by <clears throat> by singing that way when he's out there running um you know 100 yards ahead of you 200 yards ahead of you he can hear where you are so he's keying off your voice and you know he doesn't have to stop and look all the time mm. to see where you're at because he can hear you okay um so almost the reverse of you know why we put a bell on a dog you know, the dog could be out there running, and you can hear where the dog is. Well, by singing to the dog, you. he hears you and can uh, key off your location and go accordingly. Hmm. Now, some of his other questions about pattern um, and, you know, sending a dog out, uh, they're, they're kind of two different things. Um, the, the dog... Uh, the way he handles that would be covered in you know you know sending him out and how you handle him that way and then his pattern is is something more um, I want to say natural but you definitely train for it but once you have the dog's pattern down um, that's it you know he's forward running dog he's he's in that cone um, you know like when you're driving 10 and 2 he's out front of you now, once you have that pattern on that, and and while you're developing that, he also has to handle because there's going to be times where the course is going to change uh, directions, and the dog has to uh, know when to, um, you know, s- stop his natural hunt, and and bend to your wishes and go the way you want him to go um, so handling and pattern are, are very important for a field trial dog um, because let's say you know you're in a championship all championships are an hour or, or more so the dog's running for an hour and he might you know he might point two or three birds 
Um, each one might take, you know, from the time he points and you flush, it might take two or three minutes. So you're looking at, you know, five to ten minutes of point and uh, 55 or, you know, 50 to 55 minutes of running. Um, and so the judges are really uh, looking at um, the dog running way more than they are of them pointing. So, so the things uh, there become a lot more important, you know, the pattern, um, the style, all those things. Um, it would take many, many episodes to cover everything on how you develop a dog's pattern mm. and, and how you teach handling. But, but in general, uh, let's talk about handling first. Um, I, I typically start young dogs, whether it's a gun dog or a field trial dog, on a check rope um, and uh, introducing the caller to them. They get out to the end of the rope, you call their name, pull them in, then eventually you know, you work the, uh, the e-collar into that. And it, it's basically you're getting the dog to stop and acknowledge you when you give them a command out, out there and eventually off the rope. Um, so now when the dog's running and going in the wrong direction, you can stop him, turn him. And with repetition, he's going to develop a handle and also a pattern because obviously when he's naturally running to a good objective, you're going to let him go. When he's not, you're going to call him. So um, the, the young dogs will uh, learn from just... Um, they have it naturally in them to run to good cover, hopefully, and you're going to encourage that by putting them in those uh, uh, those types of situations. And when they're when they're not going where they should be, you're you're handling them. So it's a combination of uh, uh, handling and their natural ability um, to develop their pattern. So that's a that's a really tough question to just answer, um, you know, in five minutes or so. But um, the basic is you want to uh, make sure your dog handles from a young age. Um, hopefully the breeding's there that, you know, he has the range and desire. Um, and uh, so hopefully that helped Josh out a little bit. And some of our listeners that might not know what the singing is or, or whatever, um, we went over a couple of terms there. We have another question from Kelly Hayes. This will be her second question. Wow, she's a two-timer. Two-timer. <laughs> Hopefully a three-timer. She says, Do you feel that in general, trial dogs and or hunting dogs, that you have a better presentation on point if those dogs have been trained exclusively on wild birds only versus planted birds in trap traps, launchers, and trained with check cords or is intensity a learned behavior as the dog gains more experience and confidence uh, boy she comes up with some real some. strong <laughs> questions doesn't she yeah uh, basically to answer a question if it was, I'd say it in one sentence is both um, you know both add liberated birds and the wild birds add to the intensity and whatnot. Uh, the way I do it, which worked, has worked very well for me, is um, I don't put my young dogs on a lot of wild birds. Um, why? I, why? Um, I like 
the young dogs to learn in a controlled situation hmm. and it's a lot harder to uh, have a controlled situation with a wild bird now they, they do see some because we want them obviously to have that desire to hunt mm -hmm. but I'm fortunate that I could simulate that with liberated birds for instance I'm in North Carolina I have a you know six month old dog I could fly really good and again, Gina, we always talk about good, good birds, birds, bad birds. They gotta be good birds. I could fly some very good birds out of my Johnny house and have the dog um, get into these birds, which is going to simulate uh, wild birds. Um, you know, if you don't have that situation, you might wanna get your dog on some woodcock or grouse at a young age. But if you overdo it, um, getting them on too many and they're not ready to break, um, what I've found is you, you just you, you build the dog's desire to chase to the point where it becomes difficult uh, in the future to break them. Mm. So I'm going to use more uh, liberated birds, um, set up situations with a young dog, um, especially in the breaking process, you know, building that style and composure. And once I'm super confident that they understand, you know, the, the game, the dog points, the handler flushes, and the dog watches the bird fly away, then I, I can put them into wild birds. And I can put them into a lot of wild birds at that point. Um, you know, you've seen from our videos uh, with the woodcock this season and, and uh, you know, whatever we the dogs are going to see a lot of wild birds but but for me it's best um, to have the dog polished and broke before I put them on a lot of wild birds um, one dog that Kelly's familiar with um, uh, she she hunts and and runs dogs with a, um, a good friend of ours David Thoreau uh, he has a great young dog uh, by the name of Neil Neil. Neil, yeah. And uh, he's a son of Sterling Ward Jack. Um, he's a, a great example of, of the, way, the way I like to do it. Um, he, as a uh, pup up to derby age, he saw very few wild birds. And, you know, we broke him um, to wing and shot, had him polished up. And when I sent him home to David uh, at the end of his derby season, I said, take him home and get him on as many wild birds as you can. That's what he needs now. And uh, David did a great job with him and did just that. Uh, and the dog went on to become a, uh, a grouse champion. Um, and, and all of the dogs in my string, not all of them, but the, a great portion of them fall into that same scenario where you know we work them on the liberated birds first and then put them in the woods now that's not to say that that's the only way to do it I know a lot of successful trainers um, that you know they take the dogs out and it's all wild birds and they can break them on that the the, the thing for me is the dogs I'm competing with and need to be able to do both type of trials they need to do um, liberated bird trials and they need to do wild bird trials so for a dog to do both um, I've found that this works the best uh, for me um, so 
again, going back to her original question, the answer is both. I mean, you, you just got to figure out what works best for you um, and, and go with it. So hopefully I answered her question there. And uh, like, like I said, she, she comes up with some really tough questions, but I love answering them. I like talking, um, delving into the intricacies of the training. And uh, it, it, it helps me because it gets me thinking uh, too. So thanks again, Kelly. So um, I really want to talk about what's coming up here, um, and that is it's the end of the year. Mm -hmm. uh, we do have one more trial left. We have the Invitational um, in, in a week or two, but then the holidays. But the big thing uh, looming in the future for us is our annual um, winter training trip uh, to North Carolina. Um, looking forward to that sort of sort of <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a lot of work and right now I'm just trying to uh, chill out and enjoy being home and, and family and um, Kim and Michael and Nana and you guys uh, I, I'm really enjoying that but um, definitely coming up around the corner is the trip we typically leave uh, New Year's Day uh, load up the truck and trailer and head down um, I've, I've talked to the guys down there, um, our, our helper Jimmy, um, he's going to have everything set up for us so we could uh, pull in there. Uh, I think uh, I think John Ferdinand is going to come down uh, at the beginning of the trip and uh, help me set up and get everybody settled in and uh, we'll get our Again, Gina, our good birds from uh, good birds, good birds from Hunter Run Farm. Uh, the first day or two that we're there, set up our bird pens and hit the ground running. Um, the grounds last year uh, that that we lease were timbered, um, the clear cut. Uh, so I'm I'm really anxious to see what they look like this year. It should be a lot. Uh, uh, grassy fields and, and real short pines, you know, planet pines just coming up. So it should be a little different than it's been in, in the past. I know you've been down. In fact, you were down last year when they were cut, clear yes. cutting. Yeah. There's a lot of machines going on and, and whatnot. But that, that should all be taken care of and uh, the ground should be in great shape. Um, we're going to do some trials when, when we're down there. We're also going to get in some more hunting. Um, I'm looking to do some woodcock hunting in January when we're down there um, and uh, some wild quail hunting uh, which we did last year with one of our good friends down there um, Bobby Thompson that was a great hunt he took us on last year and uh, uh, hopefully we'll get to do some hunting with him again uh, uh, this year when we get down there so um, we'll be down there all of January um, and probably uh, most of February and uh, it, it's hard to imagine but <laughs> we'll, we'll be trying to get home in time for the woodcock to be coming back up it seems like uh, we're you're we're, following them yeah we're really entwined with woodcock it's uh, we we just uh, we're always uh, chasing them um, one one time or the other so um, if anyone's interested in sending a dog down there, um, they can, you know, get in touch with me and uh, could give them uh, a rundown of what, what we do. Most of it is um, a lot of uh, conditioning um, with the side-by-side, -side, roading the dogs. 
a lot of free running on our uh, grounds. There's roughly uh, almost uh, just under 800 acres that we have access to. Again, a beautiful cover, should be really good this year. And the birds, we use um, Johnny House birds from Hunter Run Farm. So they're really good birds. They covey up, they recall, um, and we can reuse them. And uh, real strong birds. You know, we, um, I, I forget, I think last year um, I had like maybe one bird caught by a dog um, all, all the, the two months I was down there. And it was a freak thing where the bird just flew out a dog and he, and he caught it, which could even happen with a wild bird. So, um, you know, really good, strong flying birds, uh, key to developing a young dog. Uh, we do have a lot of young dogs this year going down. We have a pretty deep string of derbies and first-year shooting dogs, so uh, they should all benefit from that. So, again, we're looking forward to that and seeing all our friends. We've been going down there for um, close to 20 years now, so we have a lot of a lot of friends down there that we'll be catching up with. A lot of good food, Gina. A lot of good food down there. A lot of there. good food down there, different than up here. but um, All those milkshakes. <laughs> yeah, all... Oh, um, <laughs> That would be the cookout. Yeah, the cookout. I, I was gonna say cooks, but you're right. The, the cookout. cookout. Yeah, they have they have great milkshakes. Um, so, I guess that's a wrap for us for this week. Uh, again, um, want to get in touch with me about uh, winter training? Um, just give me a shout, message me, whatever. Find you on Facebook. Find me on Facebook, and um, I think that's about it. That's it. That's it. All right. All right, we'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.